Welcome to Purifying Truths with A-Star. How's everybody doing this Saturday morning? I'd like to thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we have a treat all the way from Ireland. We have Mr. Philip Parker. For those of you who are not familiar, he is a stand-up comic, a comedy writer, and he even has a serious side, folks. He's a business graduate, a life coach, and he also is a podcaster. Welcome to Purifying Truths. Hey, I'm I'm excited to be here. Um, it's uh, I actually have to say that I love your theme tune. So <laughs> I was just enjoying your theme song as I was just sitting here. So I'm I'm game for everything today. Wonderful, wonderful. We're glad to have you on the show. We're going to skip right to it. Tell us, you know, when did you know that you were funny? You know, I find it that comics usually don't know that they're funny. Other people have to tell them. So when did it that you actually realize that you were funny? Um, honestly, um, I've always loved comedy since I was a kid. And even in the playground, um, I was the, the bullied, not the bullier. So I'd always deal with um, that kind of stuff with being funny. And hopefully the bully would go away or find me funny enough to kind of, you know, make me laugh, <laughs> make me laugh, boy, kind of thing, rather than beat me up. So um, at a very young age, I always had a, a funny bone in me. Um, and it was just just watching the greats. Um, my influences were were huge back then because I was sneaking in and watching um, explicit comedy like Billy Connolly or Chris Rock or um, uh, Richard Pryor. Well, Chris Rock was later, but um, Richard Pryor, people like that, and just 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 trying to imitate their styling and find my own. Um, jokes and stuff. So it really started back then. Um, I didn't really know I was funny. I just, you know, if people laughed, uh, I kind of guessed that was a good one, but um, it wasn't a, wasn't until much later that um, I actually got onto the stage and stuff. So. Mm -hmm. And that brings me to my next question. So being funny is one thing, but actually yeah. standing up in front of an audience, I mean, audiences, you know, they can be kind of tough. What in the world gave you the guts to stand up in front of the audience? And how did you do your first time? So it's a funny story. Um, starts with a <laughs> bit of tragedy in the beginning, but um, a miracle as well, because um, at around 18, 19, um, actually 19, early 20, um, it was around that age. Um, I, um, came down with meningitis and almost died. I was in hospital for about a month and a half. Mm. Um, and, uh, it was around then that, um, you know, I started, you know, you, you kind of see your life flash before your eyes and see what things you wanted to do your whole life and all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, in my recovery, I couldn't work for a whole year so because um, my energy levels were so low. So I'd have maybe four or five hours in me in a day and I'd have to rest or sleep. Um, and I would frequent um, a comedy club in Galway called Roisin Dove, 
which is for those of you who don't know, um, Irish rushing dove is just the black rose in English. Oh. Um, it is one of the m- most prestigious places in, in Ireland right now to gig as it stands. But, um, Back then, it was just a growing venue and it was a really, really cool place to hang out. Um, I would literally go there every week because it was a comedy club and um, my my friendly demeanor got to know the owner and then I started sitting down with all the comics after the show and all that kind of stuff. Um, it led to me actually working for them a few hours a week, putting up posters and mm-hmm. um throwing flyers around Galway, uh, promoting. And, um, it was a fantastic experience. I was doing it for a lot of gigs. I was getting to know all the, I ended up becoming more so like their entertainment concierge. Cause I'd hang out with the comedians and bring them to like maybe a, another restaurant afterwards and stuff like that, taking care of the entertainers. Um, and sitting down, drinking with the owner and one of my favorite comics, um, Patty Courtney, um, who isn't huge everywhere in the world, but is an amazing comic nonetheless. Um, and he basically was asked by, um, the owner, um, when are you coming back? And Patty said, when this guy opens for me, pointing at me, and, you know, we all laughed and we giggled and whatever and finished our pints. And uh, the next day I went into work, which is about two days later, um, Paddy Courtney was headlining and the boss man had basically put me on as a support act. So I had no idea that was going to happen. <laughs> and um, um, it was it was amazing. I was throwing around posters for for my own first ever gig and um you know i sold it out because uh i was basically promoting myself and patty so anyone that knew me arrived it was a full house it was nerve-wracking but successful um i remember i wrote some of my jokes on my hand but i was sweating so much that all the jokes wiped off my hand (laughs) so (laughs) i had to wing it um, it was, it was quite an experience, but, um, I ended up doing it for six years later. So, um, it was, you know, and, uh, you know, I, it's not that I've stopped doing it, but it's, um, um, now my, my focus is more, um, writing comedy and potentially doing other comedy works, uh, because of COVID and everything, it's been more difficult to get up on stage, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is funny. They um, <laughs> they got you there. They got you. Yeah, there. no, they 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 got me there because um, I wasn't expecting it. It was one of those, one of those things. But you know, um, I I have to say, you know, uh, the the friendships that I had with these people, it would it wouldn't be something they would just do to anybody. Um, they knew me. They knew the only way I was going to get up on stage was to get a good push so um they gave me the push i needed and you know it's it was the best decision that i never made (laughs) for myself (laughs) so um you know it was great um so yeah amazing amazing so you know um we think of comedy and you know there's always a thin line of being funny and being offensive um 
explain what comedy means to you and how you um, walk that thin line. So um, comedy really is anything anyone will laugh at for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've, we've seen the, um, the evolution of comedy over the last five years uh, more specifically the last 24 months because mm-hmm. of people's uh, opinions and feelings and people feeling hurt by things that were said. So comedy has really evolved in a sense there, but I truly believe that most comedy, um, most jokes are, you know, when they're received by people who just want to have a laugh, offense generally is never taken. Um, because it stems from goodness, you know, you know, that Chris Rock doesn't hate certain people. Um, he might make a joke and he might make fun of like, we're not going to pick on anybody, but like he might have a fat joke or he might have some kind of something like that, that, um, you know, a lot of the time, um, I actually, a quote, one of my favorite comedians, Jimmy Carr said, uh, you know, um, who's a British comedian who's actually on Netflix as well in the, in the U S which is pretty big for him. But, um, he's renowned for being just offensive and everything. But, um, he, he has said that a lot of the time the people who are offended are the people who the joke was never about. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, somebody who is sitting in the audience, um, who, you know, he makes fun of a, Uh, somebody who's in a wheelchair the person in the wheelchair is the one laughing the person sitting next to him who's not in a wheelchair is is offended for him on his behalf and there's no basis to it so I think honestly walking the fine line now is very difficult because I think you're going to see a huge change or a lack of care given to to the people who who have those feelings because comedy is always going to be that thing that everyone's afraid to say. And um, I think the funniest comedians in the world, Louis CK, Chris Rock, Ricky Gervais, uh, you know, Adam Sandler, um, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, they all have jokes that could be perceived as offensive if heard by someone who really isn't into the comedy or doesn't know where the, the joke has come from. So um, for me, walking the fine line is, is understanding your audience and who it's for live comedy is very different, different to comedy that might be recorded. Like if I was doing a show for Netflix, God, if that was the case, that would be amazing. But um, if I was doing a show for Netflix or a DVD or whatever, anyone can put in the DVD. You don't know who it is necessarily. It could be, somebody who doesn't know your comedy or doesn't know you. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a much different demographic. So it's a different way uh, of understanding the joke. But I think all in all, most of the time people are going to understand where you're, you're coming from. Like, you know, I know um, Jimmy Carr or Adam Sandler or any of those, if they make fun of somebody, it's not because they have some kind of hatred. I mean, when you look at Kevin Hart, um, just giving up the Golden Globes or the Oscars, I should say, and hosting that because he tweeted something about <clears throat> um, the gay community, 
early in his career, um, which was offensive, but he didn't mean offense by it. And he found it funny at the time, but it wasn't funny to everybody else. So it's, it's a lot of, a lot of that. There is, when you say walk the line and how do you walk the line, there really isn't any line to walk. It's just being careful and understanding your audience because um, everybody is critical. So there's a critic on every corner, every, every ear is a critic. You know, you Mm -hmm. can say anything incorrect and all of a sudden there's, there's a, there's a march on your house with picket, you know, (laughs) with uh, signs and stuff. So yeah, it's a very, the last five years has been very interesting in comedy, but I think, um, I think it's just going to continue because people who really love comedy and really love to laugh understand that, you know, it's based out of love more so than anything else. I, love I don't the way know if that answered your question. It could possibly not, be <laughs> offensive um, to some, but uh, it's not out of offense that it is said, you know, it's not out of hatred or a mean spirit that it's said. Um, so Switching gears a little bit, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting a little bit more serious. You also are a life coach, and I find it um, kind of an oxymoron that you're a comic and a life coach. I'm like, what are you teaching people to do? Be funny? Um, you know, life isn't <laughs> always funny. Um, so please tell us a little bit about your life coaching style and exactly what you do as a life coach. Um, I think the, (laughs) to, to address the oxymoron, I think, um, the, the biggest thing about being a life coach, um, for me anyway, is understanding that guiding someone to success or giving them, um, their needed pep talk sometimes doesn't necessarily need you to be extremely serious, um, you need them to understand you and kind of relax about their home truths, which could be understanding that they are who they, they want to be. And they just have that untapped strength that, you know, they have to be relaxed to be able to find. And while I don't necessarily use comedy in a sense, I do use, um, I do use the, my personality and the fact that, you know, we have a laugh and get to know the person and understand their, their wants and needs. And, you know, joking around is exactly how I do that, you know, because when you're relaxed with someone, all of a sudden you're, you're tapping into different parts of your brain that like, for example, I've never met you before, but I'm relaxed with you because you have a good personable, approach to your podcast and I've heard you speak to all your guests and it's, it's phenomenal. So like Mm. it's having that understanding that, you know, you're, you're building a trust. You're, you're trying to get someone to understand that while there is seriousness to all of this, it's not a daunting, Hey, lay on the couch, tell me all your woes kind of scenario. It's, Hey, we both know that you have what you need to get to where you want to be my goal is making you understand it and believe it for yourself. And then 
help you reach those goals like not necessarily be the crutch but be the flame that basically the spark that lights the flame i guess um because you know being a life coach is not um you know there's no medical degree there's no there's no psychological degree this is like every life coach bases how they they do their coaching off of life that they've lived themselves so for me it's understanding that and finding you know you know i i almost died i found i found um uh motivation in what i was doing um because you know when you you have a life or death experience you know it's one of those things where you wake up you're like oh i gotta do this you know this is why am i living afraid and i think Mm -hmm. um you know me getting up on stage and finding that confidence within myself you know i'm not saying i don't get uh, nervous but i'm a lot more confident about you know getting on a podcast speaking to thousands of listeners getting on a stage speaking to hundreds of people it's it's very it comes in my stride now i started where i was nervous shy and i didn't know what i was doing so at, essentially what what i'm saying is my goal as a life coach is the same goal that i had when i was going through life myself which is helping someone tap into their inner inner confidence that and skill that's already there they just they don't know how to tap into it. So it's like turning on the, the faucet and making sure the water's running. So before I leave, you know how to, it's my favorite thing that in business was teaching my employees that it's uh, the phrase that I always use is teach, um, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day, teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. So mm-hmm. I'm basically teaching people to fish (laughs) if that makes any sense at all um but yeah that's that's basically what i'm what i'm talking about because life coaching to me is again showing people that they have what it takes to achieve their goals they don't need to search for other means or resources that almost everyone who I've spoken to and all my friends who've come to me have always had it, had what it takes. They just need that reassurance. And, you know, for me to shine the light on something that maybe they forgot. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the compliment. I sincerely appreciate that. (laughs) And I love how you use humor and business in your life coaching um, to those that you coach. And certainly, you know, it's better to teach someone how to fish than it is to provide them with fish and keep them dependent on you using that analogy. Um, And you're so right. (laughs) You know, we do. We come equipped. We're born equipped with what we need. It is that we need to be taught, you know, we come learning how to eat. We need to be taught how to get the food. We need to be taught how to prepare the food. We need to be taught Mm -hmm. how to, you know, and the list goes on and on. And sometimes we're expected to know how, but maybe we didn't get the lesson, maybe for some whatever reason it was overlooked. So I have much respect for life coaches because many times, um, we won't go sit on a couch, like you said, or lay down and, you know, 
tell somebody mm-hmm. our business. But it's mm-hmm. okay to kind of hang out with a life coach as far as society perceives it. Um, and you still get the same type of help and confidence where you see yourself and see that I can do this. So definitely respect the work that you do. Yeah, I think I think another th- thing for the world now is mental health is on a new playing field as far as um, importance. Um, so when maybe 15, 20 years ago, life coaches may not have been something that anyone realized that was necessary. Um, psychologists were always there, but I can tell you right now, I, I know people in both fields and it is incredible the amount of people out there who are struggling, who need guidance, who need support, who need help. And it may not be professional help or whatever, you know, um, because of social media, because of busy schedules, people don't have those friends that they used to be able to lean on Mm -hmm. and find that confident talk that I was talking about because you've, you know, people have lost that connection. I mean, most connections now are made on Facebook or Twitter or some kind of forum like that. So I think, I think that's been a big play in, in, in the rise for the, the need of, of that kind of help. But I mean, um, to coin your, the the title of your podcast, I think the biggest thing that people are searching right now is their own purifying truth that they can, find within the confidence and the, the, the strength to go forward and be successful in whatever they're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is so necessary that each one of us look in the mirror. And I don't mean to see our reflection and put on our makeup or make sure our hair is sticking the right way or, or laying the right way, I guess I should say. But, you know, to look deep within our soul and see you know, what is my strength? What are my weaknesses? What are my strengths? What can I get better at? What do I have to give to the world? What is there that I'm able to give and it will not deplete me? Um, What gifts do I have? Am I using my talents the way that I should? You know, these type of questions. And from those that I know that are life coaches, That's what they bring out in Mm. those they coach. So is there a specific area that you specialize in? Um, Honestly, there isn't. um, I haven't really been pushing. I haven't really been pushing my services um, over the last few months because um, I have been had a pretty huge life change myself. I moved from America to Ireland. So um, but the things that I specialize in um, would be business, and um, I, 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 I dare say, um, life career paths um, is something that I would focus on as far as my own um, life coaching style. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I've I've got so many things in my repertoire right now as far as I'm actually doing another life coaching course to add more to my skill set. So it is um, something I'm growing with. But um, like I said, the, the thing, the thing for me is 
there are so many life coaches and so many things out there. I'm just glad to be part of the group that I can offer something to the world that, you know, if anybody needs assistance or anybody needs guidance or anybody needs words of wisdom, um, I dare say words of wisdom about myself, but, um, you know, words of experience. Um, that's what I want to offer is, you know, how, how I've made it here and how I'm continuing to make it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that my life has been uh, a walk in the park, but, um, you know, I've, I've, I've suffered from depression myself. So I know there's a lot of things out there right now um, that people are struggling with, but I think now is probably the best time in the earth's history to have issues with mental health, because there are so many ways you can seek help free paid or otherwise. So I'm hoping that me being included in, into that group, I can make a difference as well. Most definitely. Um, differences are made from those of us that are transparent. And, you know, you have been in the forefront putting yourself out there, being transparent in your work. You know, we're all a work in progress. None of us have reached the peak in life because once you reach the peak, if you don't continue to work, you become stagnant. And once you become mm -hmm. stagnant, you're no longer helpful for anyone else. So certainly, you know, um, there's a, a phrase that says iron sharpens iron. So when you share your truths, your weaknesses, your strengths, you then strengthen your sister, your brother, those whom you coach, and then they can in turn strengthen those around them. And that's how we all illuminate our world and our community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing I would say as well is, um, I think for those who are looking at themselves and finding um, weaknesses, um, don't look at them as weaknesses. Um, I always, and I've said this throughout my managing career, uh, my business career, my, and everything I do at life coaching, whether it be what my friends or otherwise, it's as simple as these are areas of opportunity. They're not weaknesses because mm -hmm. weaknesses it's like you can't fix them. They're not weaknesses if you can fix them, in my opinion. And mm -hmm. so for me, I, I call them areas of opportunity because you have an opportunity here to build on these areas to make yourself stronger and better. And, you know, there are so many facets that people can work on, like, you know, um, communication, um, business, parenting, whatever it is, it's, there's so many things that you can work on. There's courses, there's online um, courses for people. There's um, clubhouse um, forums, there's podcasts. There's so many different ways that you can grow and give those opportunities um, the room they need to actually become strengths because, you know, um, Areas of opportunity are never weaknesses. They're, um, they are exactly what they are, opportunities. And if you look at them as weaknesses, that is where the confidence thing comes in. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. There are no weaknesses. I think that we get comfortable calling it that because that's what we have always called it. And I, too, mm -hmm. say strengths and weaknesses. But truly, um, if we call it the way that it should be, 
it is areas of opportunity. And to add on to that, um, why not do it now? No opportunity wasted. We should do it now. In mm-hmm. no O opportunity W wasted. Do it now. Um, and so with that being said, how do you get those who you coach to do it now? Because many people are overwhelmed. You know, they know that they have these different platforms, um, but, you know, it's like information overload. Where do I start? I'll do it tomorrow. It's too much. Um, How do you get them to do it now? Uh, Being one of the kings of procrastination, I can tell you that um, uh, the, the thing for me is finding what motivates them because I think motivation is where we find our true strength because like when you're, when you've got a dollar in the bank account and you don't have rent, your motivation is to get up and go to work or find a job and pay your rent. So it's just finding something that motivates Um, the now when you say making these changes right now, it's not a light switch. It's making the effort to make the change now is what Mm -hmm. we always look for. If you say you're going to make a million dollars and that's your goal and that's what you want to do, I don't expect you to go out tomorrow and have a million dollars. If you do, I want you to come and coach me. (laughs) But um, I think this, this, the most incredible thing is seeing people understand that it's not the goal that is the the struggle. I think it's the it's the path that they have put themselves on that they feel is so long and so like so hard. You're you're not don't look at the it's like it's like looking at a staircase. I remember watching iRobot. Now we're getting really into a non-serious conversation but i remember watching i robot with will smith and he's it's one of the lines in the movie and um the robot comes up to him and looks at the stairs and tells him exactly the amount of steps there's like i can't even remember what it is but let's just say there's fifty thousand one hundred and eighty steps to get to the top and will smith looks at him and says next time keep that shit to yourself right <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's the same thing. Um, you know, in Ireland, um, there's a story, Billy Connolly, one of my favorite comedians actually tells where, um, these guys are doing a, a marathon and they're doing a, like, it's like a 5k run and it's through country roads. And th- anyone that's been to Ireland and knows Ireland, there's so many nice people and everyone's just out to make sure that you're happy. And they're really just giving people Ireland's amazing. So they're doing this run and um, the uh, person's coming around the corner and he sees people and he says, uh, it's a couple, it's a wife and a husband. And they, he goes, Hey, um, do you know how much further there, you know, to, to the end? I can't remember the name of the place, but the end of the, the race and they're going, yeah, it's about, uh, two more kilometers. And, um, he keeps going and the wife turns to the husband and goes, why did you tell him two more kilometers? It's at least four. And she goes, 
or he goes, yeah, but I think, I think if he had known the truth, the poor guy would have dropped at least knowing that there's not that much more to go. You have that more energy. Um, Mm -hmm. And that, that is basically what we're talking about here. If you're looking at a goal and you're just going, Oh my God, this is the peak to get to the peak. I'm going to have to do this. Then you're never going to do it. It's never going to happen for you. You got to look at it like to get to the next step. What does it take? And after that, get to the next step and just keep doing that and finding that motivation. And once you do that, you'll get to the top in no time because you're focusing on the immediate goal versus the long-term goal. The long-term goal is always going to be there if you don't set small, attainable, smart goals, you're you're never going to get to that long-term goal. And I think, you know, those little scenarios that I brought up that were kind of off the beaten track a little bit is what people need. They need that comfort that you know there's 4k left in a in a in a run but someone says hey you got 2k left oh my god i'm making it this is amazing i've got the energy i've got so far and you're just like unknown to them they don't know the mileage it was back when people didn't have gps and all that kind of stuff so you're just you've got that energy you've got that goal already won inside your head so it's the same thing that's that's how people get motivated. And that's how, you know, that's the way I motivate people is to stop looking at the Everest peak that you've put in front of yourself and start looking mm-hmm. at the, the baby steps that we're going to use to get there. I love the way you painted that picture. I love the way you painted it. You know, it reminds me of my mom. She um, was in the city and um, I had came from staying with my grandmother. And so when we were in Harrisburg, we were walking and, you know, oh my goodness, how many more blocks, you know, why didn't we catch a taxi? She's like, oh, a couple more blocks. Well, you know, 14 blocks later, I'm like, we should have caught the bus, but we Mm -hmm. made it. And so it was, I, I truly understand what you're saying. And it is doable when you think it's just a couple more. I love how you um, painted that picture. Tell me, please, if there's one key thing that you would like the audience to take away from this, what would that be? Um, the one key thing that I would want any audience to take away from, from this kind of conversation is that <clears throat> mental health is not something to be ashamed of. Um, if, if anyone needs help or anyone needs to be, um, to be given that pep talk or to have a conversation with someone that needs, um, that you might need a professional. There's, there is, I've been there and it's, it feels shaming, but it's not because there's a lot of growth and a lot of, um, success in understanding what you need mentally to get to where you need to be. And I think listening to us talk today and, you know, comedy aside and everything, everybody has a, a crutch or something that helps them get to where they want to be. There's no shame in having something there for you that gets you to where you want to be, whether that be going to the doctor and finding out what's going on with your mental health, go, mm-hmm. speaking to a, um, a therapist and, and having sessions to understand why you're making decisions or having issues, going to a life coach and 
really just finding your inner confidence and finding another person's point of view and leaning on them and their experience to, to, to do that. You know, there is no shame in that. And I think, you know, um, listening to your podcast and what you've done previously, I think that is the resounding thing that people will hear from this. I hope and take from this is that mental health is not something to be ashamed of. It's something to be really pumped about because you, if you're feeling low and, and down and trust me, eight weeks ago, I was in the same place because of things that have happened with COVID it's finding that, that little pep in your step to go and make the change, find somebody to talk to, find something or, you know, go to who you feel is going to be that person. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it starts sometimes going down a path that you really don't want to go down and telling your family, Hey, I'm depressed and I need to see somebody or, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm not meeting my goals or I'm distracted by everything around me. I need to see somebody professional. And that is sometimes really hard to do because it's admitting you're wrong and everybody hates to admit when they're wrong, including myself. I'm a married man. Trust me. It is the hardest thing in the world to admit when you're wrong. So, you know, it, it, I think that is the biggest thing to take away is, you know, listening to you and your podcast and every episode that you've done, um, your listeners will know from all the guests that have been on that this, the journeys that er- that everyone has been on are, are not easy. They're not something that can be done in a day and definitely not done um, in something that would, um, I'm mincing my words a little here, but they're definitely not done in a way that, you know, it happens in overnight. It's, okay. it's not a light switch. It's okay. a process and it's following that process that I think is the hardest thing. But once you do, it's the most amazing thing you can do. It is the most amazing thing you can do, honestly. And I think um, every listener, whether you want to reach out to myself, whether you want to reach out to anybody that's a life coach or any therapist, don't be ashamed just just be honest with yourself. Hey, I need a little bit of guidance. I need a bit of help. There and you know, the scariest statistic I've ever heard was that um and I'm sorry to go dark on this, but um suicide happens when people are coming out of their depression because they have the energy to go and do something like that. Don't have the energy put point your energy and point everything towards positivity and finding that help. Because those dark thoughts that a lot of people feel is the condition. It's not you. It's not the person. It's the condition. Mm-hmm. You know, all that happens for a reason. So um, to answer your question, that is what I w- would want people to take away from this is that, you know, mental health is something that can be fixed and can be addressed and, and definitely 100% um, not to be ashamed of it because it's everywhere now. I think you can't walk down any street in the world without seeing someone that isn't having a good day because of things that have happened recently in the world. So I think um, it's just understanding that you need that help and knowing where to find it. So. Absolutely. You know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. No, there are no quick fixes, but if we stubbed our toe and broke it, 
we'd go to the ER. You know, if we had a cough for a little too long, we'd go get that checked out. But when we have anything that's dealing with the mind and the mental, we cover that up and we cover that up. And it's okay mm-hmm. not to be okay. Um, as to quote one of my previous guests, um, get the help. So actually, you know, that's something that is much needed and the world will be a better place. And you'd find out that there's so many people waiting to help. And it's not that everybody has their life together. We all have challenges that we go through. But we can yeah, help you when we're 100%. up and you can help us when you're up and we help each other. And that's how we get through. Tell us, please, what's next for you, Philip? <laughs> um Honestly, I don't know. Um, I'm actually um, working on a children's book. Um, I have a two-year-old, and um, basically, it's it's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, I I'm a English honor student, so I think um, it's always been a gift of mine is is writing poetry, that kind of thing. So. Um, I honestly am working on a story right now that's based on a character that my son who loves, who's loved being in Ireland um, more than I have, honestly, um, which is strange, but um, he loves nature. He loves everything. So um, the, the book is based off of the character is a donkey and his name is Nelly or her name is Nelly. So um, I have befriended through a lot of podcasting connections. Thank God for podcasting and everything that I've done this thus far. I've met a lot of amazing people. Um, a comic book um, artist who we're, we're actually working on it together. He's going to illustrate and um, I'm working on the story right now. So that's one of the things. Um, mm-hmm. And also um, I'm completely revamping my podcast that I've been doing for about two years now. Um, it's going live. It's going to be a live show, interactive. I'm bringing it to um, the Spotify new app, which is called Green Room. Um, ah. It'll be recorded the same, but I'll have more than one guest. It'll be more like a, a late night chat show more than a, anything else. So um, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, we'll have musical guests talking about their music. And then with the help of Anchor and, and Spotify and everything that they've done for the podcasting industry, we'll be able to hear the song from the musical act as we play out and finish the podcast, or I'll have other kinds of guests on as well. So it won't be all just serious stuff because um, I've had a lot of serious guests and I've had some pretty scary guests too. So um <laughs> Uh, paranormal investigators and all that kind of stuff. So there's, there's a lot of things that I have cooking right now, but, um, and on top of that, I got a, for my anniversary, I got a, um, a guitar. So apparently I'm learning guitar now as well. So I, I better get cracking, you know, amazing, <laughs> all exciting and wonderful things. Yeah. You know, um, there's nothing more exciting than adding a string to your bow. Um, and, <laughs> That's what I, I endeavor to do almost every day. So uh, learn something new every day is what I always say. So, um, um, you know, on top of that, I'm actually doing an IT course as well. So there's so many things going on for me. It's, it's, um, it's the growth, you know, everyone who, like you say, if you stay stagnant, you, um, you fall behind. So, um, there's, 
with the way the world is right now, um, IT in certain fields are are still growing. So um, you got to pivot and succeed. So that's what I'm doing. Wonderful, wonderful. Super excited for you, Philip. Now tell us, number one, you say podcast, podcast, podcast. And here on Purifying Truths, we support each other. So what's the mm-hmm. name of your podcast? It is the unscripted perspective. Um, yes. I have 44 episodes out already right now with a few more um, in the locker that I will be releasing over the next few weeks. Um, and then mm-hmm. um, we'll have a, a pretty big launch um, that you can see on my social media, which is at unscripted perspective on Facebook and Instagram and at unscripted chat on Twitter. So I'll be getting more involved on social media, which has been my, um, my opportunity to improve mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm being honest. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a social media guy at all. Facebook is kind of me in a nutshell. And um, my wife is a lot better at stuff like that. So I'll be recruiting her help a little bit and learning from her expertise and she's it talking about TikTok as well. Yeah, she's talk- She's talking about TikTok as well. And I don't know if I have a video in me, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I was going to ask how the audience can connect with you, but you've already shared with us. If you'll just repeat that, I want to make sure that everybody knows how to get in touch with Philip. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, it's at Unscripted Perspective on Facebook and Instagram and at unscripted chat on um, Twitter. I'm on uh, LinkedIn as well as Philip Parker. So you can look me up on that. And um, my website, which is currently back in the under development stage because of this launch that will be happening pretty soon was the www.unscriptedperspective.com. But I actually have that under the in back in the cave of wonder while i um do some more things i've got so many things going on new logo new everything it's going to be pretty pretty exciting so um yeah looking forward to it now tell me um where can we get some funnies where can we hear you oh gosh um I honestly, I don't have anything out there. I have an old YouTube video that um, I'm kind of, uh, people haven't heard and seen, but um, yeah, you know what? I'm actually um, collaborating with um, a comedian um, uh, that I met through podcasting and a couple other guys. So there'll be some funnies on the way. Um, There's... There's a lot of things, like I said, there's projects like you wouldn't believe that have been falling on my lap. So it's just um, prioritizing. And I think um, this new live show is going to be pretty, pretty funny as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave that as where we're going to get the laughs right now. But hey, you know what, if you want to look up um, things funny, um, I always support local comics. Um, uh-huh. So, uh, you know, it's, it's all about looking at um, go to your local comedy club and look up. These guys have been stuck in COVID just like you haven't been able to perform, go and support these guys. They're going to be able to go out now. Uh, don't wait for a headliner. Just go and go and get some laughs. Go down to your local comedy club. That's what I would say. Absolutely. We will definitely do that. And once COVID's over, we're going to come see you. 
We're coming oh, to yeah. Ireland. Absolutely. 100%. We know where the 100%. funny is. <laughs> 100%. Thank 100%. You. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing with us and joining us here on Purifying Truths. It has been a true pleasure. Well, you know, just like your name, um, I was I had to follow the stars. So um, um, you being my first appearance on any podcast, I'm absolutely thrilled and honored. Um, I think your work is amazing. So I'm hoping that uh, you um, continue doing your amazing work. And I can't wait to um, hear people connecting more and more with you and your work. So um, I'm glad to be part of that. I'm humbly grateful. Thank you once again for the compliment. I'm honored. And thank you for tuning in to Purifying Truths with A-Star. Tune in every Saturday morning for exciting new guests who illuminate the world in the various facets of life. Connect with A-Star on Facebook and Instagram at Facets of a Star, S-T-A-R-R, website, www facetsofastar.com. Shine bright.